Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. I love church so much. And I love this worship. I love the spirit of faith and the atmosphere of expectancy is really going on in here. And I love the relationships and the fun. And I'm just totally in love with all of you guys. I'm just blown away. And what an honor it is to be here on a Sunday morning to meet all kinds of new friends that we haven't met yet. And so thank you for welcoming us here. Good morning, everyone. I have a song. I mean, we're just jumping right in. I mean, y'all don't waste any time. But there's a song that I learned decades ago. I mean, uh, over 30 years ago. And it goes something like this. Every single cell in my body is happy. Nobody knows it because we learned it in India. I was in India. And and, uh, and, uh, we were welcomed, you know, by this beautiful, you know, group of children. And they just began to sing about Every single cell in my body is happy. Every single cell in my body is well. Every single cell in my body is happy. Every single cell in my body is well. I thank you, Lord. I feel so good. Every single cell in my body is well. I thank you, Lord. I feel so good. Every single cell in my body is well. I just thought it fit. Let's speak that over each other. You know, to all of our online friends, uh, to Pastor George, but to all y'all, you see, sing that little tune, and all of a sudden you begin to sing. See, every single cell in my body body is happy, healthy, and well. And that was Isn't that good? And let the spirit of where we learned that sing it to us. We were full of hundreds of children in India, in a small town in India that had no parents, but their home was here with each other. And the smiles on their faces faces. You can't sing that song and not smile. Of the Lord. So just feel the faith there that every single cell in your body is happy. Healthy and well. All right, turn to someone around you and say, you know what? I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I am really glad you are here. So glad you're here. All right, now find somebody else and tell them, I'm so glad you're here. Man, this is good. Such a I'm glad you got out of bed. Yes. Took a shower and you got cleaned it. up. You guys got here. You made a good decision. And we came here. All I right. I love this. Well, okay. Audrey and I, we are your distant aunt and uncle. <laughs> we just kind of show up every now and then, and you're like, wow, they're a little weird. <laughs> every family exactly. needs one. And every, every family, family needs, needs one, yeah. so that's us. Yeah. And uh, okay. whether you want us or not, we're here. We here. You know, it's yeah. kind of like gum on the bottom of your shoe. You know, it's like no matter what you do, it's still there. You know, it won't go away. But uh, being family, everyone say family. Family. Family is a place where we belong. Yes. And I want you to know that this is a great place, not just to call home, yeah. but to be family with one another. Yep. So glad. I've got some really good news for you this morning. Jesus knows exactly what you need. I mean, every single cell in our bodies, but every single person that is on a chair mm. in this room, there is never, we're never going to be all together in the same place at the same time in this earth. However, there's something for you today that God knows about. It's questions you've been asking, longings in your heart. Yeah. And believe me, there's not enough words that we could say in our human frailty to answer those, but we believe in the Holy Spirit. So we believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to you beyond the words. Have you ever been sitting there listening to someone on stage and you're hearing something completely different from God? Right. That's just how he works. He's speaking directly to you. Mm-hmm. So everyone put your hand on your heart and let's just make that declaration of faith and close your eyes and say, thank you, Jesus. You know what I need and you really love me. Thank you, Jesus. That's our preparation. That's our heart ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you can see on the screen there, uh, the title of today's message is Respondability. Mm -hmm. And this is a word that we've created, and we'll talk more about that. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Uh, but what we want to take a look at is the verses uh, for today. And it begins this way in Matthew. And it simply says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, and strength. And love your people sitting next to you just as much as you love yourself. All right? Let's say it together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Let's take a look at the second one. And this is 1 Corinthians, and it says, love never fails. Say it again. Love never fails. In other words, if you love, you never lose. Love never fails. God is love. I, I enjoyed worship so much with you this morning. I really did. I enjoyed walking through the forest. Wasn't that good? Oh, this Man, screen. Man, this screen is like this phenomenal. This screen, I am in the mountains. Like this is, this is IMAX worthy. I was worthy. wild. I was just like. You know what I mean? This I is IMAX. I lift up my eyes I mean, to I'm the hills. You know? I felt like I was in Disneyland or something yes. like that. Because that's my most freak out ride is, you know, they. Soaring they, over. Soaring over California. They take you, you into the IMAX screen and you're flying. He's Don't scared like out of it. his mind. He's the strongest man I know. So fearless, but you put him on soaring over. We do California. No, I don't like it because I feel like I'm gonna fall. He, he, he's. I, I've got taking my shoes off and I'm like this, she's, pretending I'm flying. She's swimming into it. I'm flying above the I'm clouds. I'm clenching and pressing myself into the seat. It's and, very uh, fun seeing him scared. Yeah, my kids it's think it's really funny. It's very funny. But uh, being in worship, one with another, yeah. and expressing not just our love towards him, yes. but experiencing his love for us. You know, I love to say, God, you never fail, but he says, I'll never fail. Right. You see, that's his words to you and I, and that his love never fails. He says, I am a God of love. In other words, he's a God of value. You value what you love, mm -hmm. and you love what you value. He values you. He has done everything in order to be where you are. You see, you, you feel as though, well, I need to get or I need to do or become. I need to get to be where God is. Mm. And he says, I'm there with you. Yes. You're not good enough to mess up God's intended purposes for your life. You're just not that smart. Okay? You may have really done some really silly, stupid stuff. Yeah. But he says, I'm not going to leave you. Nope. He says, I will not fail you. Thank you, Jesus. Love never fails. And so this love that we um, begin to receive from him transforms me. Yes. It begins to transform the way that I think. It begins to transform everything about me that then others are what? Able to experience a portion of the extravagance of the Father's love to them through me. You see, how others experience you is a real deal. And so experiencing his love, you know, allowing my feelings to align with his realities mm -hmm. begins to transform the ways others experience me. So we're going to take a journey together today. Yes, is that okay? Yep. All right. Okay, so stay on that one for one more time, that slide, because the cool thing is we probably have all heard these verses before, but today our emphasis is going to be on how to express love in relationships, not just in a kindergarten level, but we feel like we're going to take you to genius level today. Are you okay with learning how to love to the extent where literally everyone around you is experiencing such amazing love that lives are changing just by the atmosphere of who you are? That's getting your doctorate genius level in taking these verses, not just as words, but bringing them into your heart and showing the world that we all know these verses because when it all comes down to it, love is the most important thing. It really, really is. So we're going to talk about love today yeah. on, on a level that we just believe is going to really benefit your life and your relationships. How many just want their relationships to level up just to the next just level? Just a little bit. Just why not, yeah. It'll right? benefit you. It will benefit others. Yeah. And where you are in your story. Say, I got a story. I got a story. You see, God's rescuing me. He has rescued and he continues to rescue my life. 
In other words, he's willing to involve himself with the consequences of my choices continually in saying, Bob, I'll make a way out for you. Right. In other words, he, there's a restoration, you know, mm -hmm. that is happening as well. And then we're able to reconcile one with another. Mm -hmm. And so this is all a part of the journey that I have because what, what, what we're, mm, let me say it this way. Okay. I guess I'm so excited. excited. Yes. And, and I don't know, I know, I know, I only, I know I only got you for a little bit of time and I want to get a lot in there. Okay. I know. Right. Here's the, here's the thing in relationships, in relationships, uh, that's life. Life is relationships. And it's within relationships that we actually experience some of our deepest pain and hurt. However, it's within relationships that we experience healing. Okay? So, right, you know, don't believe the lie that I just need to get away. I need to pull back. No. It's within relationships that we heal as well. Exactly. And I would love, you have a story. I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to just share a short version of something that happened in Bob and I's marriage that was so significant because it just changed the trajectory of our entire lives because it was that painful. And um, I'm going to give you the headlines of a long story, but can I just tell you, it's got a happy ending. Okay. But what happened was, is that um, we experienced pain. We were pastors 17 years married, three kids, and I had a sexual affair. And I never dreamed that that would be me. I love Jesus. I love my kids. How does this happen to someone me? I fell into that, you guys, intending to never tell a soul, including him. But then Jesus, I, I connected with Jesus, and I said, Jesus, forgive me. And I felt him come to me where I was. In my stupidity, my selfishness, he came to me, and I said, Jesus, I just help me. And immediately I heard, you need to tell Bob. And that began our journey of what happens when you get that vulnerable with each other and say, but it's impossible. We can't get through this. But God came. In that pain that we had with each other that I introduced through my selfish choices, in that pain, God wants to meet us. When you're in your deepest pain, when we didn't know what to do, that's when God reveals himself and love becomes something more than just a word on a piece of paper. I needed God's love more than I ever had before and his acceptance and his forgiveness and his love. You guys, two, three weeks after I told Bob, I find out I'm pregnant as a result of that affair. Our three kids are older now. This baby won't look like the other kids. My life was over in every sense of my calling and feeling of, of wanting to be a, a love people and be an example of Jesus to this world, my testimony was disqualified. I did call the abortion clinic, you guys, because I was scared out of my mind. I couldn't live with this. And then I remember saying, God, if you love me, you will heal me. Sorry, if you love me. I actually asked him, I said, God, if you love me, you will take this baby from me. And um, because God loves me. How many just think we have such good ideas for God? <laughs> such good ideas. Please, God. I can't live through this. I can't do this. But because God loved me so much, he says, I'm going to, instead of evacuating you out of your circumstances, Audrey, I'm going to come to you in my mercy right where you are, and we're going to walk together. In fact, I'm going to carry you, and we're going to walk one moment at a time, and we're going to get through this most impossible thing where shame would want to define you for the rest of your life. But Jesus didn't just die for my sins, you guys. He died for my shame, where he not only, I mean, it's just amazing when you realize that God's love is so powerful that he accepts me and he loves me and then he transforms me. He doesn't leave me there. He says, we get to go forward. And I remember, um, well, I'll just leave it to you and tell you what happened because I was pregnant, you guys. I got to finish the story. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you you. you I'm just, I didn't mean to wow. go this deep I mean, in my we, emotions we were today. soaring yeah, over right. California. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. now we're down in the trenches. Right. Okay. And she's like, take it over, Bob. Okay. Bob, 
Take over. All right. Take the wheel. All right, everyone, we all have a story, don't we? Yeah. But there's a place where our stories can become history mm-hmm. if there's a place of yielding and surrender to him. Yes. Now Thank it you, becomes Jesus. his story. Yeah. And um, I, I just want to, you know, kind of connect because the universal emotion that we all experience, I wish it were love, but it's actually pain. And I recognize that in a congregation like this, there's there's a lot of hurt that's going on there. Mm -hmm. And what I want to do is help you process and journey through to a place of hope and freedom, okay, and where your past doesn't dictate your future. Okay, where the, you know, the choices that we've made then restrict because my Redeemer, everyone say my Redeemer. My Redeemer. My Redeemer, Jesus, he He lives. lives. And he has done everything necessary for my life. Thank you, Jesus. You see, for our life. And that's what I needed to know in the depth of our crisis. Yes. Is that everything that I had been taught, everything that I was preaching, everything you know, that I knew, now it needed to become my reality. You see, when we sing about every single cell in my body is happy, healthy, and well, you see, I need the realities of heaven to be made manifest in my life. I need your kingdom come, your rule and reign, Jesus, to be made supreme in me. Because my life gets uh, very complicated and confusing when I take matters into my own hands. And I feel like I need to fix, control, manipulate, whatever, make this better. I messed it up. Then I got to clean it up. And all of a sudden, we get ourselves in further trouble. And this is what Audrey was just expressing. Like, God, I've so messed this up. You see, give me an evacuation plan to get me out of this. But he says, I'm going to come to you exactly where you are. He says, I'm going to embrace you. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And he says, and we're going to go through. Everyone say through. Through. I'm going through. In other words, when we go through, we come out the other side with reward and with authority and with true freedom. But in the midst of it, it's chaotic. And this is where... All of a sudden, my Prince of Peace, Jesus, comes to me. I want you to know that that it wasn't something simple, easy. It wasn't just a little, oh, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Let's move on. No. I'm talking years of me having to deal with me, believing that she was the source of my problem. But in the context, you would say, but she was. No. I'm going to begin to take personal responsibility that increases then my respondability. So this is our journey. Say, my journey. journey. I'm going to take it to wholeness. I really want to be free. So let me, we had good days, bad days. We're we're talking an extended period of time. But. When my son was born, Mm. you see, when our son was born, I gave him my name, Robert, because I didn't want him to ever question a day in his life whose boy he is. He's my son, and he belongs. You see, don't ever question, you know, how your children come to you. They're your children, and they belong. See, my Redeemer, he lives, and that's why I... I'm so confident in standing here today that you can process through and come out the other side. That your past will no longer limit or or restrict or define your future going Mm -hmm. forward. Isn't that good? I've had people come to me and they'd say, you know what, Bob? Isn't that wonderful? You know, that God would, you know, allow this to happen in your life and that you would go through this so that you could have such a great testimony. You know what I I tell you? I want to poke them right in the eye. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know? It is. But I'm telling you, 
My Redeemer is so real for us that today, it's almost as though you stand and you look back and you could say, wow, God, you were in it. You know, and you might even think to yourself, maybe, that, maybe you did do that. And, and it's, the answer is a, a resounding no. But his redemptive process is so extensive that he redeems every He leaves nothing unturned. And I'm telling you, where I am today, I would not exchange it for what we went through. Was it, was it God doing it? No. But he loved me every single moment. I'm a different person today. I'm happier with me than I've ever been before. I didn't like myself so much. You see, this is the transformation. Yeah. This is the process that we get to go through. Isn't yeah. that good? It's so good. So, and his middle name. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to show a quick picture yeah, 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 here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is our, our family picture. <clears throat> And um, in the middle there is our daughter, Janelle, and she's pregnant with our second grandbaby right now. And she got married to Jesus. Yeah, she On the far right. right is my oldest son, Christopher. He's 37. Far left is my son, David, and his wife, Tessa. And the tall, dark one there is my son, Robert. And his middle name is Theodore because he's a divine gift. He's not an accident. He's not a mistake. But he's born out of the heart of God, just like my other children and entrusted to us. Now, I share this picture uh, purposely because I didn't see that 22 years ago. And I almost gave up. There's a dream in your heart that you feel has been disqualified because of confusion and complication and even, you know, deliberate sin, whatever you want to call it, that has completely destroyed it. Trust me when I say, your Redeemer lives. It may not be what you thought, mm. but he can far exceed yeah. anything you could ever imagine. I can imagine a lot. Imagine him exceeding your greatest expectations. See, I want to be a voice of hope to you. Mm -hmm. I want to be a voice of joyful, confident anticipation that come on through. Stop praying for an evacuation to get out and say, Lord, come with me where I am. You see, transform me because I'm going to go through. Okay, let's do that. Let's do Not that. Not just for our relationships. Let's do that for our kids. Let's do that for our families. Let's do that uh, for our generations. Let's do that for Gainesville. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I want you to know how significant your life really, really is. And turn to your neighbor and just say, you know what? I'm going to go through. Yeah, I'm going to go through. I'm not going to quit. I am going through. And I feel really led to tell this one more story. And, oh, just really quick, can you just put on our, we did a, we did have a podcast with like 170 episodes. If you want to learn more about relationships, we are so, since this whole pregnancy, we got our doctorates, we got strategies, we got healed. And now all we want to do is share how to love people and how to get through. But I, I will say this, though. And this was off script, but I remember that Jesus, I just want to remind you all that Jesus heals broken hearts. Jesus heals broken hearts. I don't deserve anything, but oh my gosh, because of Jesus. And two years after Robert was born, I wasn't doing okay. I was doing the right thing, but I wasn't doing okay. Do you know the difference? But I remember when Jesus was, um, I closed my eyes one day and I saw myself in a beautiful meadow in my secret place. And Jesus was smiling. He was smiling at me when I felt like I would never deserve it. And I saw myself clothed in the most beautiful, righteous, white, twinkling, sparkling robe of righteousness. And Jesus said, will you see yourself the way I see you? If you came to church and that's what you hear, will you see his smile? And will you see yourself the way he sees you? 
Because when he sees you, he smiles. And when that robe of righteousness, it's never been my righteousness anyway. But then the shame is just can't stand to be. It, it can't be in the same space as righteousness. That shame is gone. There's no residue. You can tell. Just seeing me up here, you know there's no shame. How can she tell that story? There's, that's what I did, but that's not who I am. And I'm saying to you, maybe you did something, but that's not who you are. Yeah. When, I see your, when I see you sitting there, all I see is Jesus, righteousness, perfection. Yes, you're on a journey, but the journey ahead is leading to really good things. When we walk close beside him, when he loves us, in us, through us, he surrounds us. His love is everything. That's why we're so passionate about love. All right. <sighs> well, we took a little longer on yeah, that. Yeah, we then. did, but that's, that's okay. okay. That's okay. We'll just right now decide. Let's just decide that the Baptists will beat us to the buffet. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Let's just decide that right now. You know? That's it. You know? We'll be quick. We we'll can be all quick. just settle down, do relax, do you know, and we'll just let them go first in line today. Okay? Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right. All right. Let's take a look at our, our slide of responsibility. Now we're going to teach you the word that we made up. I love yeah. making up words. It's so fun. Right. It, it is. But, again, we live in a <laughs> unique culture right yes. now where we're defining and redefining. And, yeah, it gets a little weird. But it's so fun because we actually made our own definition like it's in a dictionary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's our so dictionary. So responsibility. The, yes. ab the ability to <laughs> respond from a place of security and grace. My respondability is the ability to respond from a place of security and grace. The second one there is having the necessary power of choice to exhibit and demonstrate love. Okay? My respondability is having the necessary power or the grace of God, okay, of choice. Sometimes you feel as though that you're really stuck. And we've been in this cycle for a long, long time, and that it's just not going to change. And what you feel is, though, choice has been taken from me, okay, because of what another person has done. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I don't have a choice. No, you do. And you have a responsibility in your respondability, and I want to exhibit and demonstrate love. Good. Let's go to the next one. All right. So in this next slide going deeper into this, is sometimes we feel hurt and frustrated. And I'm telling you, our, when our greatest teachers in life are the ones we're living in the same family with. This isn't far away from home. I'm not talking to you to love the world. Today we're being called to level up in loving your world. The people in your home, the people mm -hmm. that you encounter, the ones that are driving you crazy, the ones that are giving you dirty looks, or they're giving you attitudes, or they're correcting you when you're not asking to be corrected. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, you know just, what I'm let's just take a moment to define something real quick. Because a lot of times you're gauging yourself by social media. Right. Okay? And you sit there and you just, you know, slide, flip all the way through, right? And all of a sudden, you're, you're gauging your life by the world, okay? What a loser I am, you know, whatever my, I don't know, okay? But let's, let's differentiate between the world and my world. You see, there's a world, there's a sphere of influence yes. of people in your life yes. that, are, that are actually a big part of your life yes. and you being a big part of their life. So let's, let's begin to recognize, wait, there is the world, but then there's my world. Yeah. And in my world, I'm going to begin to take some personal responsibility in my responsibility. Go ahead. So babe. in reactionary... I don't know about you, but I live with people. I have people in my world. I have kids. I have parents. I have all the things, right? And so with this, when I have a mood or a look that's given to me, or if I'm corrected out of nowhere and um, I'm judged, I want to defend myself. And it usually turns out that you, whenever you feel judged, it's like a boomerang. You immediately judge back. Several years ago, um, it was right before Christmas, the day before Christmas, our kids were, one of our kids were flying home from 
from a long ways away, and I'm a total mama bear, and I'm like, oh, Christmas is going to be perfect. I've got, I've planned, I've made it all the plans, all the things, and the day before Christmas, my son was arriving home, and my, I'm just going to say it out loud, my brother took Bob out for coffee, um, and my brother, I hope, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, I hope it's not recorded or sent anywhere, anyway. Uh, no, it's just live over social media, Facebook, oh, all of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho... He decided to tell Bob about something as parents we don't know our kids properly, and do we know what your kids are doing? I took it as an extremely loving act, and I still do to this day. You know, I he, was he cared like, about me seriously? and my kids. Yeah. He doesn't know my kids. And but Mama I, showed up. But I, I'm going to tell you something. The second, I'm talking about nanosecond reaction. I'm talking about reactions. The second Bob said, oh, he thinks our... He said, oh, our kids aren't, aren't doing well or whatever. I went like this, like I pulled out a this judgment. This is where she gets I, way too sensitive. No way. Listen to this. Within a second, I said, do we want to talk about your kids? Mm-hmm. Because unlike you not I'm knowing like, my down, kids. Down, babe, down, down. I, I actually do know your kids because they open up to me because I'm a safe place for your kids. Do you want to talk about your so kids? So what happens? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you feel the arrogance and the pride and the nanosecond that I was ready with that judgment? I had no intention on Christmas Eve to judge my brother. None. When you get reactionary. But I reacted. You defend and you attack. Can you relate? Like, when you get judged, I didn't even know I had the judgment in We've there. It. it was so ready. I was like, wow, that was fast. That was when like, we're reactionaries. Boom, boom, like, yeah, everyone, ju everyone just raise your hand. Trust me. Everyone. Everyone. Trust me and just say, I have been reactionary. Reactionary. I have blamed. I have defended. I have attacked and possibly <laughs> even pulled away and shut down. Okay? Thank you, God, I have more than one numbers, brother, so okay. no one knows who I'm talking about. Okay. So on the other side... Oh, wait, wait, one more about that one. Okay. The other reaction I have, I'm, usually, I'm not usually a generally a judgy person, so that, honestly, that was really weird for me, but it's my kids are my button. Like, if you tell me how to parent, that's when Mama Bear rises up. So um, anyway, the other thing that I do on the reactionary side in my marriage that I've done in a lot is I have bad thoughts. Yeah, it's true. I, I am I, I am so behaved she in my... She is so sweet and loving I on am, the outside. I am, and I'm loving, I'm kind. You know, like, like honestly, that little you would not be able thin to candy tell. shell. But yeah. on the inside... I have judgments and disappointments about Bob, and I think thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And I haven't said them out loud. Those reactionary thoughts are just as powerful, or if not more powerful than my, well, they'll eventually turn into words, but words, or, I mean, your thoughts are so important. Yeah. You're judging thoughts, calling people names in your heads, and I know you do. Your those thoughts generate thoughts, those emotions that actually generate what? An action. Some of you say those words it out loud. Happen. I know, yeah. you, you actually use those words out loud, but those thoughts, it starts with a thought, and my thoughts towards Bob how are seeds? Think of a thought. Every single thought you have is a the seed. The thoughts that you have are seeds that are, are the planting seeds of your future. Your harvest for your future. As a man thinketh in his heart, heart so is he. So if someone would say, um, "Do you want me to tell you? I can tell you your future. Just tell me what you're thinking about." Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So let's <laughs> jump real quick. This is real, isn't it? Like Welcome if we to say, Sunday morning, y'all. Well, if we're going to say we're going to be You might be loving, sitting there thinking, wow, I'm glad I wasn't there this weekend. <laughs> my, my pastor, my pastor, uh, uh, Leo, he, you know, one day he just uh, uh, chastised me. And, um, <laughs> and I had another friend, my, my other brother, Craig, was, was there this with me. This is while me. I was pregnant, Bob, 22 uh, years no, ago. No, 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 this is a different story. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I get to go off script, too. 100%. So I'm, I'm way off script over Baby, here. Baby, every single cell in your body. Is yeah, that. yeah, here we go. But he, he just, he just, he, he, he loved me. Yeah. And boy, he just, you know, would continually call me higher. And, uh, but one day he just laid into me, and my friend Craig is sitting there watching this. 
and and he's being quiet and then it's it's over and you know it's all good and we hug each other but the next day Craig comes up to you uh, up to me and he says wow Bob he says Leo really laid into you last night I said yeah I said that's because he loves me you see he he could see something that I was ignoring and he called me higher wow you see, you this is where within this is there. This is where then within right? relationships, you see, we can heal one another. Yeah. When the motivation, everyone say motivation. motivation. When the motivation is love. Yeah. But if the motivation is fear, manipulation, and control, it's damaging every single time. But the whole thing is, is that if I'm willing to accurately love you, then I'm going to hold you within your pain. And I'll stay there as long as it takes because we're going to come out together. Okay. Bob, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is an A-plus in responsibility. Because even with my brother, I could have received something there that could have been a nugget of wisdom if I would have. Because, you see, in the last couple years, we, Bob and I have decided, power and decision, that we don't believe in problems. I don't know about all y'all, but we just don't believe in problems. There's always just a lack of understanding. So is there a problem with what my brother did, or do I have a lack of understanding? Because that was my invitation in humility. Instead of being offended with my brother, I could have actually had some wisdom of something that was truth within that statement. You see, that's being having an A-plus and respond, the ability to respond. Because I can always come up with enough reason to justify or yes. rationalize a reason my behavior. And make it all about me rather than that there's Why wisdom I available. You Why make am I me sad, feel... depressed? Yeah. Right? We do this to each other. We blame each other Why for don't all I, you our don't have problems. enough money when my boss doesn't pay me enough? Yeah, whatever Or my it mom might and dad be. didn't teach me about money. Or but whatever I'm gonna, it is. I'm going to begin to take responsibility. Personal respondability. And then it's going to influence my respondability. So this okay, is what so we do in pain really so fast. No, um, yeah, just okay. this one more on responsibility. Oh, okay, just super, listen and move towards fast. the brain mercy. Okay, so this You see, is we're, we're, we have a dilemma here. Do we preach like Pastor Ron and get you out on time? Or do we take the anointing of Pastor George and we just go all day long? You know what I mean? We're going Sorry. for Ron. It might end up like George. We're not sure. Okay. So. so Who doesn't is, want to be like Pastor Ron, right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't he the sweetest guy in the whole yes, world? Yes, love him. Yeah, okay. Okay, so this is it. If I'm in pain. Yeah. And, Bob, and he doesn't really want to hear about it. He's not in the mood. He's doing something else. But if I'm in pain, he responds to me. If Bob does this, pretend I'm Bob. If he moves towards me. Yeah. And puts his hand on me with that non-sexual touch, which is so important, sweetie. Yeah. We're yeah. Sunday morning okay, today. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. If he, he gives this, this isn't the weekend. Okay. okay. If he gives me a, a beautiful touch and looks yeah. into my eyes and listens, can you imagine if we do this with our kids and our parents? We don't always have to touch them, but to move towards any person who's in pain. Imagine having the ability to respond in a way. If someone's in pain, you're the first one to move towards them and listen in a way and use three words that are absolutely phenomenal. Are you ready for these three words? I move towards the person in pain. I listen with my face and my mm -hmm. eyes. And then I say these three words. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. yeah. It's real. That's respondability. Yeah. Take that home to your marriage and watch what happens. So on the respondability side, listen, move towards, bring mercy, and begin to care. Now, there's just one thing that I'd like to do. In, in all of those, rehearse it. If you're struggling and it's difficult and you're just like, who, what? You know, and it's just like, no, no. Honestly, rehearse this before you ever have a conversation because now I'm taking responsibility in my respondability and I'm going to practice because we're going to have a good outcome. You're not going to be more frustrated or irritated or or whatever with me because I've already predetermined in my heart how this conversation is going to go and you're going to feel loved by me. Mm -hmm. You see, I'm not in fear here because I am perfectly loved. See, I can begin to rehearse this and you know what? And I'm willing to stay there as long as it takes because I want to listen 
to where you then feel loved and valued by me. Okay, next slide. Okay. You ready? Yep. Ready. All right. In my responsibility, my identity is secure. I know who I am in him, and I know who he is in me. And it increases. It incre um, in, in my responsibility, my identity is secure. My heart believes I'm satisfied, yeah. I'm secure, and I am empathetic. The opposite of selfishness, because whenever there's a problem in a relationship, there's someone being selfish. The opposite of selfishness is being satisfied. Is being satisfied. Okay? If, if someone, if you're having an issue within the relationship, typically someone is being selfish. Most of the time, it's you. And you don't know it because you can't see it. Uh -huh. But then the opposite of that selfishness is what? Being satisfied. And satisfied says, Bob... You're not my source. Nobody in my kids are not my source. My parents are not my source for my happiness. This person, as soon as someone is your source, you're not living a completely satisfied life. As soon as you actually see someone in your life as your source for something, you're immediately going to get frustrated. If easier. I'm living in a disappointment within the because relationship, because they're not going to live up to it. A disappointment is typically always connected or linked to your perception of what others will have of you. You think it's the other person, but there's a fear of what others may think or say about you. And if people are going to have a poor um, comment or representation of me, then it's your fault. And this is why then I can live in so much disappointment. But again, today we're leveling up. Everyone say leveling up. And you can't, I don't think you can feel satisfied apart from Jesus. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I think we are like trees that are planted by streams of living water where our leaves are green and we're producing fruit and we're satisfied ones. Jesus and our love relationship with Jesus is the way that we feel at peace and completely satisfied mm. despite anything that's happening around us. So that when someone gives me a dirty look, I'm satisfied. I know who I am. Secure. Yeah. When someone gives a comment to me, I'm satisfied. I know who mm. I am. That's responsibility. And security mm -hmm. is is amazing right. because um, uh, speaking of mood, recently a couple years ago, uh, someone was living in our home that was very close to us, and they they were giving me a lot of dirty looks, and I was feeling very, very frustrated. I was trying hard to be really good at this because I teach it. You know what I mean? When you're teaching something, you're supposed to be really good, but then it gets real because someone's in your house and they're giving you dirty looks all the time, and they're tolerating me instead of like enjoying me because I'm a lot and I get it so that I'm trying to turn myself down and then I'm getting weird. You know what I mean? Like all these things happen. So it's like, Jesus, how do I live in this situation and keep the color around me of peace and joy when I get the dirty look and the feelings of being tolerated? You know, it's, it, this is not easy. You understand. And because I'm fine until that person comes in the room. And so then Jesus, I said, Jesus, will you please help me to stop being so sensitive? And I felt like Jesus is, was right there and said, Audrey, it's literally the most beautiful thing about you mm -hmm. is your sensitivity. Well, can you help me to be sensitive with everybody except that person? <laughs> Apparently not. But then I got this equation. And pretend I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a living whiteboard, okay? Sensitivity. By the way, you're all sensitive. Every single one of you, I don't care how big or how much beer you drink. <laughs> I don't know why that came out. But you're, <laughs> that had nothing to do with anything. But you are, a, you're, if you people find there's a part in you that's sensitive, someone just would just have to find it, okay? Sensitivity is the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing of all of us that keeps us connected. We could not, nerves feel nerves that keep connected. If you're not sensitive, you won't feel, you won't be with each other, you won't feel connected with each other. Sensitivity is such a gift. Say, sensitivity is my gift. I love being sensitive. It makes me human to be sensitive. Okay, hold, okay. hold, hold that thought for a moment because I know there's possibly a man or two in here, just one or two, that have possibly said to their spouse, their wife, you're just being oversensitive. You're just making a mountain out of a molehill. You're exaggerating. I've done it. 
Okay? So You're denying the gift. <laughs> okay? So just, but you see, the issue isn't about being sensitive. I'll let you do your human whiteboard. Sensitivity plus insecurity equals a disaster. It's not the sensitivity, it's the insecurity. Okay, and then within the relationship, when it starts, you know, uh, this downward spiral, all of a sudden it's just like it, it hurts. And those are very real. And so then what you want to do is then pull away or isolate from the other person because, you know, it, it, it's, it's just painful. And our human nature is one where we avoid pain at all costs. And then if, if it continues, then it's just like, well, then I need to what? Harden my heart just a little bit. I can't go on being so sensitive here. Okay, but what I'm not dealing with is my insecurity. So when we, when I found this out, that whole relation has completely flipped because I just decided I was secure that that person loves me. I get to remember all the best times, and you know what? I stopped telling myself bad stories about that person, and the whole relationship changed. The stories you're telling yourself come true. So tell yourself really, really good stories. Okay. So now that the, the uh, equation is this. Sensitivity plus security, security equals the dream. That's a relationship dream. To be sensitive to each other, hear each other, mm -hmm. love each other, and be so secure and not take things personally, but be so good at responsibility, and now we're living the dream. If I'm feeling the friction, the irritation, if I'm feeling the pain, I'm going to take personal responsibility and just begin to say, okay, Lord, where am I fearful? Yeah. Because fear will always control. However, being accurately or perfectly loved, perfect love expels and removes what? All, All fear. fear. So if there's an oversensitivity in, in the relationship, Feels like it. okay, if, if that's what you're feeling and you're feeling extremely insecure, what you're living with is a deficiency of love. So Lord, accurately love me here because in, in me feeling as though... Um, I'm a disappointment, then I'm looking for someone or an event or something to take place that would validate me, that would cause me to feel secure. See, then what I'm looking for is the wrong source. But when I begin to experience, everyone say experience. experience. When I experience the love of God and he is truly my source, then I can live satisfied. And when I live satisfied, I live secure. Then I can be sensitive and always move towards you because I'm not afraid of you. And love is my motivation. And I can stay with you as long as it takes because I know who you are behind the anger. I know who you are behind the rejection. I know who you are behind those words. You're someone who's scared. And what I want to do is find a way where love will land and I can accurately love you there. Okay? And that is then, our third one there is, is that's just a, an empathetic move. Be because I'm maturing, I'm growing up, taking my responsibility and respondability. Now I can move towards you. This is compassion, on overload. And when Jesus would see the multitudes again and again in Scripture, it says, and he was what? Moved with compassion. In other words, he would identify their need, but he refused to leave them in the state he found them in. You see, that's compassion because I'm not making it about me. me. Are you there for me? Or am I there for you? Good question. Well, when you're satisfied and secure, you're there for them. There we go. Okay, last slide. We're last slide. Here we go. These are the rewards. You're going to love this part. Go ahead, babe. Okay. Well, the first one increases likability. Go to the next one. That makes sense, right? People just like you more. It's good. It's fun. I like it when people like me. Everyone say likability. Likability. I'm just moving along. Okay. Again, what we're looking at is your response, 
how people experience you mm-hmm. matters. Yes. In my life, I have been more intentional over the, over the years because I'm a somber, serious, you know, I can be a scary guy. Yeah. I can move into a room and I can change the atmosphere. Yeah. Right? And so I have had to really take a look at my likability. And for me, for her, everything about today is her going home thinking, they liked me. They really liked me. No, I'm I'm telling you, it's true. I love being liked. Right. And for me. Bob loves being right. For me. And I like being liked. I'm going to go home and say, okay. I'm going to go home and say, okay, did we right. cover every point well? I did care. I accurately deliver the right information? And you I see, don't care. Whether you like me or not, I really don't care. But I gave you the good information that you can go home and deal with it on yourself. You and, see? If you, and then I say, if you like me, then I've inspired you, and you're going to go find it out on your own because you liked something you saw, so you're going to But go it's more important to give you right information. That's me. <laughs> right? This is. <laughs> you see how different we are? Okay. So what I'm saying is that in my responsibility of respondability, I want to become far more aware of how others experience me. Right. And I'm going to take that responsibility on me. I want you to feel safe with me. I want you to feel loved, valued by me. When you interact with me, I want you to be able to go away feeling as though you've received something rather than something was taken from you. You're very Do you see that? And so, you know, increase your likability. Hey, it's a real thing. Number two. Just on that one, tell them the definition of kindness because that's really changed your life. Just observing. Kindness, okay? When he started being kind, it really helped. Yeah, it did. (laughs) It made me like you a lot more. When you're kind, you offer another person your strength while never reminding them of your weakness, of their weakness. I don't have weakness. But uh, it's horrible, man, I'm telling you. Living with me sometimes, whew. Okay, be kind. Yeah. When you see another person in need, you're moving in empathy and compassion. I'm going to offer you my your you my strength, but I'll never remind you of your weakness. Okay? All right, let's go on to the next one. Increases. Promise these are the last two points. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what every good preacher no, says. No, but it's true. Okay. Everyone say resilience. Resilience. There is a, a Christmas gift that I never had. Never, I don't think my parents ever knew that I actually wanted it. But my neighbor had it. Tony had it. And, uh, and he had this most uh, amazing toy, and it was uh, Stretch Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Do you guys oh, yeah. remember? Younger generation, just Google Stretch Armstrong, okay? Anyhow, it was this toy of the 70s that, you know, you could just stretch him out. And he was this, you know, you know wrestler guy, and you just pull at him, stretch at him, but he would just come right on back. And I tell you, you know, we would play with him, pull at him, poke at him in all these kinds of ways. And boy, if that was my toy, but it wasn't. If that was my toy, I would have cut him open. (laughs) I would have taken scissors, knives, something, but I would have cut him open. Why? Because I wanted to know what was on the inside. You see, when you increase... Your respondability, all of a sudden, it increases your resilience. Your resilience. In other words, people should be able to pull at you, poke at you, stretch you, pull you out of all kinds of proportion, but then you just come right on back. And the world says, what do you have on the inside? Man, I want to cut you. I want to figure you out. Yeah. You no see, what is triggers. it? When you have no a responsibility. You can't push my button. Man, I'm telling you, because they'll, 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 they'll do it. But I believe that's the life of God. Yes. You see, that others, that is so intriguing to them. So increase yeah. 
your, your responsibility. And I'll take this last point. Okay. And then the last one is as far as our rewards of being responsible, no buttons, no triggers, is we get to have freedom. Actual freedom in your own mind and your thoughts, your emotions. You get to choose the emotions. And um, for those of you who want to watch my happy club, there's, they, there's these things on the way out. I don't want to take too much time, but I want you to join my happy club because this is how I feel. I feel like freedom is real because we get to choose our emotions. You don't have to live in a depression. There are places where you get to choose, and there's science behind it, and we can help you. But Jesus ultimately said the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. So our freedom of righteousness, peace, and joy is real. I, a few years ago, I was walking in the desert, and Bob and I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and there's a huge uninhabited desert very close to our neighborhood, just three minutes away, and that's where I do all my walking. And I have a great big, we have a great big Labradoodle who's now 14 years old. So I've been doing this for 14 years in our neighborhood. And um, I remember once uh, our, our son was living with us, and he, him and his wife took our dog to the park, and somebody said, oh, that looks like that dog that that lady walks. And... David said, yeah, that's my mom. And they go, oh, no, 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 this lady, she, like, goes way into the desert. We, we all watch her. She goes into the middle of nowhere. And who knows what she's doing. And he said, yeah, that's my mom. And they went, whoa. They said, no offense, but it looks like she's on acid. <laughs> and the, I the, took <laughs> the, the problem is she takes it as a compliment. I do. And freedom. I'm like, are That's you going freedom, out like man. that? She looks like a homeless person. Oh, yeah. She's, and she's like, comfort. oh, yeah, I'm comfortable. Yeah. I wear whatever I want. Pajamas. Where are you beanies. going now? Oh, I'm going to the grocery store. Like that? <laughs> hey, a homeless guy one time when I was walking hit on me. Do you have a boyfriend? I was like, oh. He thought I was homeless. <laughs> anyway, that's not the point of the story. But we don't have she to She calls care. that freedom. Yeah. <laughs> but this particular time, a couple years ago, I was way in the desert. And I had my AirPods in, and I was listening to worship music. And the song I'd known since I was a little girl by Amy Grant. I don't know if any of you remember her, but no, it was the Imperials, whatever. Second chapter of Acts. Thank you. You're welcome. Hear the, hear the bells ringing, they're singing, Christ is risen. And it was right around Easter, and it was just get into my spirit. So I had it on repeat. And I was looking into the clouds like we were into those slides. And I got, the, the clouds were so beautiful. It was just blowing my mind because I was in the spirit. Like when you're with Jesus, things change. Colors get more colorful. This is the acid part, right? It's like, wow, like God is real. And so I am in the desert. The clouds got so beautiful that I thought I would take a, try and capture a picture of this clouds. And I, so I got off the kind of gravel path and I was wait, I was just right here beside a bush. And I was trying to hone in on this path. And, and while I was listening to this song, it was so wild because they added an extra tambourine. Like, I went, that's so weird that there's this extra tambourine. And I was into the, um, into the clouds, and I'm standing there a long time, you guys. And I finally looked down with my flip-flops on and shorts. I had my yoga pants on. Not that you need to know all this. And there was a coiled-up rattlesnake this far all coiled up ready, going You guys, this is not any exaggeration. Within a split second, I did four things all at one time. Okay, the first thing I did was run. If they tell you to just walk away slowly, like they're insane. I started running as fast as I could. I screamed and I was laughing because it was so hilarious, like wild. And I full-on peed my pants. All, all, all within one second. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. All in one second, and I'm going to tell you why. You know what they call that? They call it a primal reaction. Right? Because I was, in the, I was faced with fear, and primal reaction just lets go. I had to walk home in my yoga pants like this. <laughs> Probably back to the acid comment or homeless, whatever. But anyway, um, <laughs> this is the very important point about this. Yeah, please. <laughs> 
nobody. What did you learn about in church? Oh, this woman talking about herself, peeing herself, you know. <laughs> this is the important point. Did you know the two little pricks from a snake bite never killed anybody? It's the venom that got introduced into your system that became poisonous and became part of your blood and became part of your life that completely can kill somebody. And it's the same when you're offended. When you're offended by somebody's thing that they do to you, because they will, you will not die from their snake bite. But if you let that offense and that resentment get into your body and you start stewing on it and you let it just fill you completely, it can kill your future, kill your dreams, kill your family, kill all of those things. When I say freedom, I mean freedom from just being offended. And just remember that snake bite. You didn't have to die from that snake bite. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we need to be done. Yeah. And I, I hope that, you know, today has been encouraging. And that we, and I'm so thankful we've been able to laugh together, worship together, you know, just be together. And I just want you to take a moment and just recognize, you know what, it's good to be home. Yeah. And it's good to belong. You know, this, this is my family, and I'm safe here. And, uh, and I am going to take personal responsibility for my respondability. And I'm not going to allow the snake bite of others or of my world to infect my life to the extent that it destroys me. You see... There are no hopeless circumstances, just people who don't have hope. Our conclusions about what is happening are almost always more important than what is happening. The meaning and the significance that you attach to what is happening is far more powerful. <clears throat> our hope, our hope level determines our influence level and he who has the most hope has the most influence it is very difficult to influence that which you do not have hope for I want you to have hope today but then and, and I do I want we have a fabulous uh, prayer team that just want to stand with you in a place of prayer. So I want to invite the prayer team to come forward. The rest of us can because stand. Because there may be a, a challenging, yeah, we can all stand together. There might be something challenging in your life that has been venomous. Yeah. And your respondability. To forgive. To forgive has been very difficult. And send away the offense. Because you, you know, you have all of the information that substantiates the reasoning behind your anger, your resentment, and your unforgiveness. And it's just like, I don't want you to go away today harboring that for one more moment. Because when we forgive, it takes two people to reunite, but it only takes one person to forgive. Yeah. Forgiving does not erase the bitter past. A healed memory is not a deleted memory. But rather, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. And that might just be your moment today with one of these prayer couples or individuals yeah. up here. And it's just like, I'm stuck and I feel as though I've lost my choice. Yeah. But I'm going to invite Jesus here on my worst day. And he's going to accurately love me where I am. And we're going to begin to transform that memory. Yep, and I think we're just going to do a prayer for all of us first, and then some of you are going to come up and see the prayer people. Let's close our eyes. If you've been carrying an offense of something that was unjust and it wasn't fair and it never should have been said to you or done to you, offenses carry themselves within the pits of our stomach. They actually are carried in our stomachs. So just all of us, if you can think of something that you would love freedom, 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 freedom from, you don't no longer want that venom to be part of you. Just reach into your stomach and make a fist. Pull that offense out. And everyone just make a fist. I know some of you are even going to physically do this. Hold that offense. And let's talk to that offense. Not the person, but the offense. And say, you know what? I don't want you. Repeat after me. I don't want you. I don't need you. 
you're not benefiting my life. You're messing with me and poisoning me. And I send you away. And just open your fists and let that offense go. And now let that peace of Jesus that passes all understanding saturate you, love on you, and receive his love. And you might want to come up here and just tell one of the prayer teams, yeah. I let go of offense today. Can you pray yeah. for me? Yeah. Yeah, just verbalize it. Just verbalize Confess yeah. it to someone. I let go Good. of an offense. Good. Thank Pastor you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.